0: Why was Moses not able to take the call of God on his life? I'm giving you this message because you may have some Moses in you. God has called you forth as a deliverer. Maybe you have creative gifts or skills or talents or even just words to speak that can lead other people to their deliverance, to their healing, or just to the kingdom of God as an evangelist. God has placed some things and sort inside of you. But in order to see God's gifts and his skills operate in accordance with the Holy Spirit that he has placed inside of you to grow his kingdom, this Moses type of spirit and mindset needs to be exposed. So I'm going to show you two main reasons why Moses would not answer the call of God. And then seven things of what the word of God says about Moses, because the word says some mighty things about Moses, but what Moses thought about himself was different than what God and other godly people thought about Moses. In Exodus 3, God calls forth Moses to be his mouthpiece. And Moses has all of these different excuses. One of them, he says, I'm slow of speech and I'm not eloquent. And God responds saying, I'm the God of all flesh. I have made the mouth and the tongue. Can I not speak for you? Can I not teach you how to speak. So God calls Moses not to lean on his own understanding or what he's capable of, but he calls Moses to lean onto what God can do through him. And and Moses has this encounter with God at the burning bush, and he calls him for a great and mighty calling. And the first thing that Moses says is, who am I? God, he has this encounter with God, this beautiful encounter with the God of the universe, and he looks inwardly at himself and says, who am I? How can I do this? Well, look at me. Like, Who am I? And this is not what God wants us to do after we encounter him. After we encounter God and he calls us forth on a mission, on assignment, with a gift, with a purpose, we are sponsored. Supposed to say, God, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want to do in me, through me, for you? God, it's you working. I've seen you. I've seen your glory. I know that nothing is too hard for you. So we have some different people in the Bible encountering God and their responses are different. In Acts 9, the Apostle Paul formerly known as Saul, has this encounter with God. He's on this road, just trekking on his donkey on the way to Damascus. And he gets uh, just hit with this bright light, falls to his knees on his face and says, who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, it's it's me. It's the Lord Jesus whom you are persecuting. And Saul responds by saying, What do you want me to do for you, Lord? And this is how we should respond when we encounter God. But this isn't what Moses does. Moses looks inwardly at himself. And I'm giving you this message to help you discern any type of Moses operating into you. Because any Moses, particularly these two things that I'm about to give you, are going to hold you back from stepping into that calling, stepping into that purpose and that command. God is so good and he is so merciful that he will send another. God had a backup mouthpiece for Moses. It was Aaron, his brother. But if you're like me, you don't want to miss the call of God on your life because God will send another. He will have another prepared to step into the position That He has for you. And this doesn't come from a place of worry, right? We're not worried that God will, you know, replace us or God will use someone else because this is a mindset that the enemy will use against us. Romans 11 says the gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. Philippians 1 6 says that he who begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So I'm not coming from a place of worry like, God, you know, someone else is going to, you know, take the calling that you've placed upon me. You're going to give someone else, you know, the dream or the vision that you've given me. It's not coming from that place. It's coming from a, a, a courageous spirit saying, God, I don't want to miss it. You got something glorious for me. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care if you used to murder Christians. I don't care if you've ran away from your home and you lived in disobedience your whole life. When you come under submission to the will of God and you have an encounter with his glory, he now sends you forth on a purpose. And this this can happen over time, right? It isn't always immediate. Even Paul, he immediately goes and preaches out there, and then he takes uh, three years away in private to just know the ways of the Holy Spirit, to study the Word of God, to have the Scriptures revealed and opened to him. So there is a consecration season often that happens, sometimes three, five, 10 years for Moses. He was in 40 years of consecration out in the wilderness before he comes back to his people because God pricks his heart and then calls and tugs him back till he has this encounter at the burning bush, leads his people out of Egypt for another 40 years in the wilderness. So Moses was 80 years altogether in the wilderness. He had 40 years in the wilderness to prepare him for another 40 years in the wilderness but what held him back number 1 is guilty fear moses had a guilty fear we see that before moses flees he he um he he gets called he gets called to his people right cuz moses grew up you know in pharaoh's palace pretty much, pretty much in this royalty and the word says that he's learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. So Moses knew the culture. He knew the wisdom, and he had the skills of the Egyptians. But God calls his heart to go check on his people, and he sees an Egyptian oppressing one of the Hebrews, and he strikes down this Egyptian. And, you know, he's hoping that no one saw this because he just killed an Egyptian now. And now the very next day, Moses goes back to the Hebrews, his his brothers, and he sees two of them arguing and he looks to make peace among them. And one of them calls him out for not being a peacemaker because he struck down the Egyptian the day before. And now, you know, this hits Moses. He has this guilt and this fear. So sometimes the enemy wants to attack the very thing that God has called you forth to do. Moses was called forth as a deliverer of God's people, but he was delivering God's people how he thought he should deliver God's people and not how God called him to, which was to split the sea. Moses in his own strength with his own hands could only kill one Egyptian, but God in his strength and his power could send these plagues, could strike the Egyptians uh, with with plagues and other just diseases and disasters to finally let God's people go. And then God was going to split the sea. So God was going to do something mighty, but Moses might've had a delay. We don't really know but he could have had a 40 year delay from his calling from his purpose because he has this guilty fear. He gets called out. So when stepping into your calling there's going to be some voices that are calling out your past. Or weren't you the one that you know that used to sleep around? Weren't you the one that used to hang out at the bars and just get drunk? Weren't you the one that used to do this and that? You're going to have some devils Calling out your past to prevent you from stepping into your calling. And as long as these devils call out your past to sin, it's going to cause you to look inside of your own heart like Moses did to look inside at what you're capable of like Moses did, but Moses was called to keep his eyes on God. So number one is guilty fear. And this is exactly what we see in Genesis 3, 8 with Adam and Eve, is that they eat the apple, they sin against God, and God is walking there in the cool of the day. (laughs) And what do do, uh, Adam and Eve do? They hide themselves from God because of their sin. And they now know that they're exposed. They hide themselves from God. If you know that you have some sin in an area of your life, the worst thing that you can do is hide it from the one who already knows. Okay? Just because you're in a position or just because you've been called by God doesn't mean that you're going to live a perfectly holy life. Right? Put off the old sin. Crucify the flesh. But sometimes, you know, we, we fall. We have mistakes. Pride wants to come through. Lust wants to come through. Never hide the sin from God because He already knows it. This is what Moses did. He, he had this guilty fear, and it led him to running. From God going out into the wilderness, pretty much forcing himself into his own wilderness season when God already placed in his heart to visit his people. It could have been the time, it could have been the season for him to step into his calling and his purpose and to operate as this mouthpiece of God. But he has this guilty fear come upon him and it sends him. What is guilty fear? It's a result of estrangement from God. What is estrangement? It's no longer being on friendly terms. So in Christ, there's forgiveness. There's a washing of his blood, but this guilty fear will cause us to flee from God when we need to submit to him and expose our sin to him. The second thing that held Moses back from stepping into the calling was self-abasement, or the belittling or humiliation of oneself. Humiliation is causing yourself to feel ashamed and foolish by injuring your dignity and self-respect. Humiliation or, or belittling of yourself, this is not humility. This is not repentance. And this is not confession of sin. And this does not please God because scripturally you are called with the highest calling. You are called as a priest and as a king. You are called as an ambassador. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms and you are seated with Christ. Hallelujah. We are a child of God. You are children of the most High God. So this self-abasement or this belittling of yourself does not please God in any way. What does it mean to belittle? It's dismissive of the importance of a person or a thing. So Moses, what he does is that God calls him forth and then he belittles himself. He sees himself as small in God's eyes, and this prevented him from stepping into the calling, operating in the gift, and maybe the gift of prophecy, evangelism, pastoring, teaching. You don't need you don't need to be um, at a podium preaching to a congregation to be a pastor. A pastor is just it means a shepherd you care for a soul. It could be a soul in your work environment. You care for that soul and you want to shepherd that soul or just your children or maybe a friend that you're just faithfully shepherding unto the ways of righteousness. Maybe just praying for them, just loving them and just interceding for them in the background. This is the call really of someone who's shepherding a soul. So Moses has number one, guilty fear. And number two, self-abasement. He belittles himself. When God says his thoughts of you are more than the grains of sand in the earth, this is how much God has been thinking about you. Hallelujah. God has you on his mind. Don't be small in your eyes because you are huge in God's eyes And these are the type of people that God calls forth again and again. God doesn't call forth always the people who think so highly of themselves. He calls forth the people like Moses who just have a pure heart. Have a pure heart for God's people to see souls be saved in one unto him. God is calling you. Acts 7. This is what Stephen, the first martyr, says about Moses, was that he was mighty in word and deed. And when we look at the scripture, Moses thought so little of his speech, but he gave the Ten Commandments. And you see in Exodus in the book of Numbers, these great and mighty speeches that Moses gives. And Stephen says he was mighty in word and deed, because this is the work of God working in him. He was a leader, number two. Number three, he had wisdom in his land and among his people. God has given you some wisdom in in the territory that you're in. He's given you wisdom in that culture that he's placed you in. So you have wisdom to evangelize to these people and lead them to the way of truth. He's called to lead others out of bondage. That's number four. Number five is that he's a shepherd in the wilderness. You're going to encounter some souls that you need to shepherd out of their wilderness and into their promise, out of a time of testing, out of a time of lack, and to lead them to trust in God, lead them to surrender to God and take that next step forward in their calling and their purpose. Moses was shepherding in the wilderness. Number six is that Moses was a prophetic. He was operating as a prophet and a great and mighty prophet of God. And number seven is he was called to instruct, lead, disciple, and correct people to their promise. Moses was such a great man of God, but he could not see it when God called him, when God placed that purpose in his heart. So my prayer for you is that when God calls you after you encounter him, is that you do see it and you get rid of this guilty fear and you get rid of any self-abasement or belittling or humiliation of yourself. Instead of humiliating yourself, bless yourself. Ask God to show you, how he sees you and operate and live your life in a way that God is thinking about you. God has his eyes on you. God loves you. You heart is prized possession and know his great and mighty love for you. So that way you can step into the calling God has placed you and lead others to their deliverance out of Egypt and into their heavenly promise. God bless you. Thanks for listening, and I will see you soon. Let me know. Let me know in the comments if you have anything to share. If you want to just uh, fellowship, ask a question, you want me to make a video on a topic, let me know in the comments any way that I can help you and be of service to you. God bless you, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.